Cussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this first day of December, 2023. There are 30 more days remaining in this here year, and it's Friday on the front porch. Yes, indeed. And if you pop by the head-on chat room, if you're listening live, like, you know, right now, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. Those who arrived before the tardy bell, there's no tardy, tardy bell, but in this case, that's Irish Day, and Ralph and Squeaky and Theo, hey gang, so the first day of December begins on a Friday on the front porch, we should have, with, I'm anticipating a rousing discussion this evening. Considering the news. Hi, I'm Robin. And uh, there's no moderator in the room at present because uh, Roger is off uh, at the, uh, what do you say, the Moose Club? Drinking beer and watching Oregon football. So we'll just see how that all plays out. Jeremy uh, will be starting the Friday on the Front Porch group in about an hour when we will travel travel over the river and through the woods, the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable, around which we gather on every Friday. And listen, if you haven't been uh, been part of the Friday on the Front Forge group in a while, or never for that matter, please consider popping in. Your input and your thoughts and your conversation are so, so, so very welcome. Truly, truly. And so uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. That means thank you to uh, our first day of the month, PayPal subscribers, etc. Um, thank you very kindly uh, to Tom in sunny San Rafael. Hey, Tom. And thank you to Khalil. And thank you to Mark. Thank you to Joseph. Thank you all for being 
partial sponsors of the program. Uh, it's a new month. We were fully funded for November, so that's fantastic. And every program, every 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 first program of the month is marked by Bruce and Shirley's Memorial Challenge. Bruce and Karen and Shirley and Agnes, the whole family there in Wisconsin, gone but not forgotten. Golly Moses, they were they were good folks. And uh, Ralphs and Chris in Germany and an anonymous individual make sure that Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge is funded. The idea being to start the month with uh, with two days worth of funding. And so um, so it is that uh, that's that's all there. And uh, Ralphs is going to add ten dollars to the first of the month challenge for. <laughs> George Anthony DeVolder Henry Kissinger Santos is being locked out of his office. Uh, the lock's already been changed, Ralph says. Okay, so at, at any rate, uh, if we can raise one day's fundraising, it turns into two, courtesy uh, of the uh, uh, Bruce and Karen Memorial Challenge. Max, hey, Max. Uh, Max took care of two-thirds of that, so basically... This is going to be a Friday on the front porch where the fundraising goal is 100 bucks, which is amazing, awesome, stupendous, superb. So thanks, uh, thanks so much to everybody who makes the challenge happen and to uh, everybody who jumps in on it. Uh, hopefully we'll just knock that out, and then maybe the rest of the conversation will be fundraising free. That would be awesome. Um, uh, that having been said... Uh, uh, where do we start? Well, I know where I want to start. Uh, Ralph has already mentioned the the exit of uh, uh, George Anthony DeVolder, Henry M. Kissinger, Santos. I mean, Hank's not using the name anymore. So... Why shouldn't we let um, George Anthony use it, right? Yeah. But uh, what what got my uh, what what got my attention this morning was uh, the passing. Because we've you know we've remarked on this in the past uh, the passing of Sandra Day O'Connor the first woman to serve as a Supreme Court justice in the history of the United States. And of course she has been lionized in the New York Times and um, the Washington Post, etc., etc., etc. For my part, I was not so moved. No, not at all.
whatever else she accomplished, and she was a partisan hack from Jump, that's how she got the nomination. Uh, one publication calling her a powerful, pragmatic figure who cast decisive swing votes in cases of all involving abortion, affirmative action, environmental protection, and religious freedom. Unlike Henry Kissinger, we were told the cause of Sandra Day O'Connor's death. It was causes relating to dementia and respiratory illness. She uh, lightheartedly called herself the first cowgirl to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeehaw. She was there for over 20 years. And she got the job because old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, had promised to nominate a woman to the Supreme Court. I'm so old, I can remember when Joe Biden promised to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court, and every Republican in the, in, in the country had kittens with crocheted tails over it. And uh, she served under, under three chief justices over, over the course of 25 years. She retired in 2006 because her husband, John J. O'Connor, had advanced Alzheimer's. She herself was diagnosed with dementia in 2018 and withdrew from public life. Um, give her this much. She was in on the um, uh, the drafting of the majority opinion in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. That was 1992, and that case protected a woman's right to choose for the time being. Um, but it did allow governments to state governments to ban. Uh, abortion at what was deemed to be the point of viability when a fetus could survive outside the womb. There wasn't a lot of that happening anyway. She also was the deciding vote in uh, a case in 2003 when she said that colleges could consider race or more properly ethnicity in their admissions processes. And she probably was not aware of it happening, but of course we know that this last summer that was all thrown on uh, thrown on a, uh, a uh, Federalist Society dumpster fire. Well, what's interesting is that in looking at this little mini-bio that happens to be from USA Today, uh, there's no mention of the single most important vote she ever cast. 
as a member of the Supreme Court of the United States. She should have known better. And whatever good she did in her life, it will forever be overshadowed by what she did in 2000. I'm talking, of course, about Bush v. Gore. Al Gore won the popular vote. Al Gore probably won Florida. But filing a lawsuit using what are called extraordinary remedies, what used to be called equity pleading, George W. Bush pled to the Supreme Court that they must stop the counting of any votes in Florida and make him president, or else he, George W. Bush, would suffer irreparable harm. There was a right answer in the Supreme, available in the Supreme Court. But in the final analysis, Sandra Day O'Connor was a Republican first and an American second. And so she sided with the wingnut contingent of the court and threw her country to the wolves and other countries too. You know, there's that old passage in the Old Testament where it says that the blood of Esau cried out from the ground and that God heard it. And knew that his brother Cain was his killer. Well, if you consider there's only Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. It's a pretty small pool. You know? And so her vote made George W. Bush the President of the United States stopped a vote count in its tracks and put an asterisk on W's name forevermore not elected to the presidency but rather appointed to it by uh, by by five and you know the language the the right wing likes to use five unelected judges And when they did that, and when he was inaugurated on January the 20th, 2001, although we did not fully appreciate how much at the time, the world changed, and not for the better. So, we've had a trifecta in one week. It was Rosalind Carter, decent Righteous, upstanding, good, kind, compassionate, merciful. Henry Kissinger, the exact opposite. And Sandra Day O'Connor. 
or Tombstone should read, gave America W. Bush, changed the world forever for the worse. I feel no compunction to to um, observe Nil Nisi Bonham about her either. Yes, she broke ground. Yes, she was a trailblazer. But it's kind of like what I used to say about, um, you know, the, the, the concept of having a woman be president of the United States. I'm all for it. I'm ready for it. I'm past ready for it. I was ready for it in 2016. But it's not just having a woman in office. It is having the right woman in office. Most of the stuff that Sandra Day O'Connor did could have been done, would have been done, by another guy. And I, I, again, she voted in Bush v. Gore just like any other right-wing male jurist. She voted alongside Fappy Thomas. She voted alongside Bill the Junkie Rehnquist. She voted alongside Fat Dead Tony Scalia. I forget who the... Fappy... Fat Dead Tony... Rehnquist... There's one more that I'm missing, but never mind. And the harm that she wrought with that vote and the pathetic quality of that odious opinion. Oh, this opinion's a one-off and should never be used as precedent in any other case. And everybody knew the moment that that opinion was published that it was absolute, utter, and unmitigated, fly-blown horseshit. Because everything that flowed from the Bush presidency flowed from her vote. That one vote. That lone vote. That lone vote would lead to a man handing off the Hart-Rudman report on the abysmal state of airport security in the United States of America to a man whom he called Brownie. Michael Brown, who, before becoming the head of FEMA, uh, his last job had been as president of the Arabian Horse Association. As uh, I think it is the marshal in Henry V says, it is a fine and most admirable horse. He handed off that report. It was scarcely even noted. 
it contained information that would later seem almost prophetic after September 11th, 2001. And on September 11th, 2001, when the towers came down, the Pentagon was attacked, and another plane that was on its way either to the Capitol or the White House corkscrewed into the dirt outside Shanksville, Pennsylvania, W., whom she had enabled to become President of the United States, would tell his staff, Go go find me evidence that it was Saddam who did it. (laughs) Fuck him. We're going to take him out. (laughs) The horrifying photo of the falling man at the World Trade Center flowed from her vote. The cancer deaths that are happening even today in Iraq from our use of depleted of depleted uranium munitions. Cancer deaths of children flowed from her vote. The death of 3,000 Americans on September 11th, 2001 flowed from her vote because she put politics and party ahead of her country and knew exactly what she was doing. This may sound a little bit like hindsight being 2020, but it's not. A lot of us knew when Bush v. Gore came out that bad things would happen. We just didn't know how bad. From her vote flowed the Ignoring of a presidential daily briefing titled Bin Laden Determined to Strike in U.S. And by, oh, uh, early 2004, I believe it was around Halloween 2004, not so early. Studies were already coming out, one from Johns Johns Hopkins University, showing that there were approximately one million statistical excess deaths of Iraqi civilians killed in one manner or another in Bush War II. When George W. Bush said, Fix it in. He tried to kill my daddy. <laughs> that was Sandra Day O'Connor's vote to install him as President of the United States. When that photo circled the globe 
of an Iraqi man weeping and stumbling out of the rubble with the broken body of his daughter in his arms. That was a direct and proximate result of Sandra Day O'Connor's vote. Every wedding that we hellfire missiled from a predator drone in Afghanistan came from Sandra Day O'Connor's vote. Fallujah came from Sandra Day O'Connor's vote. That's a lot of people, a million people. Every dead member of the United States military who came home in a cardboard box from the sand uh, from the, from the sandbox shithole came from Sandra Day O'Connor's vote. So I will let the laurels be uh, be be uh, festooned upon her grave by others I have none it is obscured by blood and tissue and sinew and bone by agony and grief among people who had never even heard her name but whose lives she destroyed with one politics rotten vote she legitimized the illegitimate and she for whatever trailblazing she did handed us an American future in which the harm she did continues to ripple out like a brick thrown in a cesspit. Just not feeling too charitable about any of it at all. If I'm too harsh, well, we can discuss that. Uh, and, but yes, as, uh, as Ralph's pointed out, there was even video of the locks being changed and George Anthony DeVolder, Sandra Day O'Connor's Santos's office.
capital maintenance workers coming along and just tossing him. And there's a kidnapped poster on his office door. You know, an act of performativity as he tried to make um, make nice and pretend to, you know, just remember, uh, he was Jew-ish, right? Tell you what, this maintenance worker is pretty darn good. Gets right in there, gets the old lock out, gets the new lock in, boom, 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 done. The bronze nameplate will soon be gone from the wall. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you very kindly to uh, our dear friend David up in Oregon getting us started. We got 90 bucks to go on Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge. Thank you. So he lost and lost big well more than the the uh, two-thirds majority needed to boot him from the house. But the thing is, over a hundred people voted to keep him in. Among them, those voting to keep him in was Speaker of the House Mullah Mike Johnson. Representative David Joyce, a Republican from Ohio who is a member of the Ethics Subcommittee, was, let's just say, kind of flummoxed that anybody would vote to keep him. With me now is Congressman Dave Joyce, a Republican from Ohio who sits on the Ethics Committee and chaired, if I'm right, the subcommittee on the report on George Santos. And just let me check, Congressman, how did you just vote? Uh, I voted to... Uh, have him removed from office because having been the chair of the investigative subcommittee in the report that we uh, prepared, if anybody has any doubts as to whether or not uh, he's unsuitable to be a member of Congress, please take the time to read the 60-page report. Or We have reviewed over 172,000 documents, compiled them into a report that uh, details the documents throughout that uh, prove the case on which he was removed today. What's your reaction to what just happened, this history made before your eyes? Well, look, it's a, it's a sad day uh, to remove members uh, because basically he defrauded the voters of his district. He, his life was uh, made up. It was a lie. And then he used his campaign as though it was a scam the whole time, taking uh, money from donors and turning it into his personal use. 
and we all have to file those campaign reports. So uh, it, it was one of those things where I know that he had personally ripped off other members uh, by taking it. Uh, they were going to try to be nice and give them a $2,000 contribution, and next thing you know, it's showing up on their credit card as $5,000. And then he ended up, uh, those members ended up having the FEC investigate them, which cost them even more money. So if that's not enough to convince some other members that he should be removed from office, then I don't know what they're waiting for. I've heard some uh, contradictions here, like, you know, Duncan Hunter, well, he wasn't removed. Well, what happens, so, so your viewers understand, is that we created an investigative subcommittee, and then we investigated those things which DOJ was not looking at, which happened to be the internal documents one has to file here, your financial disclosure forms, your campaign forms, and we found things that we turned over to the DOJ that they weren't even looking at. So there's another investigation that's independent of him, uh, but in the Hunter case, they didn't have an investigative subcommittee. They waited until the Department of Justice was through with their investigation that he pled guilty to something, and then he was removed from office after he pled guilty. Um, you said if the Ethics Committee report wasn't enough to convince your fellow members, you don't know what they're waiting for. It didn't convince House Speaker Mike Johnson. I mean, how do you feel about him stepping into the last minute and voting to save George Santos? Well, you know, he told us to vote our conscience, and that's what his conscience uh, told him to do, I guess. But uh, for me, it was a pretty simple what conscience? case, having been there since the beginning. And uh, one thing about, you know, 25 years as a prosecutor before I got to this place, the, the good part about a numbers case or checks case is I don't need anybody to explain it to me. The numbers speak for you by themselves. We subpoenaed the bank accounts. We subpoenaed the checks. We showed the movement of the money from his campaign into his campaign, from his campaign into a, a corporation that he created uh, that allegedly was doing social media right out of that account into his personal accounts and then paid for his personal expenses. It's not that deep. It's Vote your conscience. Oh, please. Mullah Mike Johnson's conscience is contained in his wallet. But the vote was, again, um, 311 to 114. 114 people said, nah, the guy, no, nah, let the dirt bag stay. We need the vote. I don't know, maybe there were some Democrats. I haven't seen the breakout. But vote your conscience. Oh, my aching back. Tell it to the Marines. It got bad enough as people... Uh, began to understand what Santos had been up to. Well, uh, Richard Osthoff showed up on CNN yesterday. Um, and Richard Osthoff was actually one of George Anthony DeVolder Sandra Day O'Connor Santos's victims. And he spoke with Jake Tapper. Richard, uh, as somebody who was directly uh, swindled uh, and your dog died, you're, you're a veteran and you had a dog, service dog, comfort dog, what, what's your, your message to members of the House deciding how they're going to vote tomorrow? What, what, what do you want them to know if there are any wavering members of Congress? Like, for instance, I, 
uh, I, I guess, you know, probably a compelling argument for some of them might be, look, he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. I don't want to set a precedent. What, what do you say to them? Well, he's convicted in the court of public opinion, if nothing else. Uh, he's got to go. He should have been gone as soon as they found out this stuff back in January. I mean, it's a disgrace that he won't step down. He's just being a defiant child at this point. Everybody wants him gone. He's not done anything for his constituents. His constituents want him gone. They didn't send him to Washington. They sent somebody else to Washington. And Mark, it's disgusting. And, you know, he's, he's up for expulsion. George, if you're expelled tomorrow, are you going to go and reapply for unemployment insurance again like you did that you have your uh, $20,000, I think it was, that you stole? Are you going to reapply for un unemployment again? Yeah. Richard Ostoff and uh, Mark Tusano, thanks for your time uh, today. Um, Richard, did you ever get another dog? I have three dogs now, Jake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I still miss my Sapphire so much. She was different than... I mean, it'd take almost three of them now to fill that hole in my heart. But, I'm just uh, glad you got another. That's all. I, I just got another one when all this went down in uh, January and February. North Shore Animal League uh, got a hold of me through the Howard Stern Show, and they got me my little cinder boy. Okay. Uh, he's about a year old now, so... He's okay. giving his older sisters a run for their money. Okay. I just. Yeah. At one point, Mr. Osthoff held up the box that holds his dog's ashes. And what it boiled down to was Santos tried to glom on to $3,000 from a medical crowdfunding campaign for the dog, Sapphire who died shortly thereafter of cancer. That's that's the depth of the that, that's the depth of the perfidy of George Santos. Yeah, now do Andy Ogles somebody. Not saying, just saying. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Ralph, serving as the who voted to keep George Santos Horn ad hoc research committee. Uh, Representative Bobby Scott of Virginia and Nakima Williams of Georgia were the only Democrats who voted against expelling him. Al Green of Texas and Jonathan Jackson of Illinois voted present. Uh, the article in The Hill that Ralph sent me says, Once seen as a GOP trailblazer, when and by whom... Because the one thing about Santos that must be remembered is, is that it is a monumental failure by the multimillionaire for-profit media. When he was elected, a number of people out in that district on Long Island said, the New York Times knew about all of this. They just chose not to publish For want of a nail, you know. But 112 Republicans, that's more than half of their number, voted to keep Santos. Voted to keep his corruption, his crookedness, his flim-flammery. More than half. And, uh, uh, Representative Byron Donalds of Florida stands said, 
we're a nation of laws, not a nation of men, and this institution better remember that. Um, uh, for his part, uh, Santos said, the House voted, that's their vote, they just set a new dangerous precedent for themselves. And afterwards he said, to hell with this place. So now Democrats can contend for that seat, and I hope they fight for it. Uh, Pogo sticking up onto the cross, Santos also said, I'm done losing sleep. I'm done stressing. I've just made peace with God in the most best possible and said, whatever comes my way, I will accept it and I'll move on with my life. <laughs> you won't have George Anthony DeVolder, Richard Milhouse, Nixon, Santos to kick around anymore. So, gosh, goodbye, George. It's not that we barely knew you. It's that we knew you too well. Uh, Going back to the trifecta this week, Rosalind Carter, Henry Kissinger, and Sandra Day O'Connor. In regard to Rosalind Carter, Stephen New York said... Given we seem to have so many people claiming the Christian mantle who aren't, I'd like to make sure we call a person who actually acts like a Christian a Christian. Oddly, I don't ever remember her claiming that mantle. She took St. Francis's advice, preach often, use words if necessary. Yeah, also, let thy light so shine, etc., 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 And then there's, uh... oh, wait, let me check a couple of other emails. Uh, Brendan, subject line, Dead Sandra. Sounds like a punk band. I had presumed, actually hoped, that Sandra Day O'Connor was long dead. Oh, well, hope springs eternal. As with the finally dead war criminal Kissinger, I have a question. Why do these awful scumbag motherfuckers live so long? Well, evil is a preservative, Brandon. Peace to you, too. Evil's a preservative. And there's also something to be said for having the best health insurance plan that the United States of America can provide. It's good for longevity. Uh, meanwhile, Dave in the Blind said, uh, Crazy Dave's would like to, it's Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium, would like to announce a new commemorative crucifixion scene suitable for your home shrine. A brass covered crucifix featuring the orange Jesus and Anthony Mary Magdalene Santos. Uh, uh, quality. Former representative from New York in, uh, in full, veil down. This dramatic scene will help any of your Republican relatives glory 
in the days of autocracy and dictatorship. Also see our pet, uh, our Pat Buchanan nativity scene and our John Birch Society Christmas card carrying case on time for your holiday needs. From your friends at Crazy Dave's, this is Crazy Dave. Remember to support the horn. Well, hey, Crazy Dave, uh, give our regards to uh, Gladys down in the shop and all the bo- all, all the boys down there uh, fitting um, cross timbers to, to, to transepts to posts. Yeah. It's crazy. But speaking of Talibandiana, where Crazy Dave's is and where Dave himself is, uh, Victoria Sparts is a member of Congress from Talibandiana. And she uh, said she objected to throwing Santos out without a conviction. And then there was a rather lovely little moment in, uh, in, in terms of a civics lesson, courtesy of Kate Boldwan of CNN, to Victoria Sparks, an actual member of Congress. Right now is Republican Congresswoman from Indiana, Victoria Sparks. Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. Have you decided how you are going to vote this morning on this expulsion? Yeah, I look through all of the evidence and reports, and there are some very, you know, serious allegations. But, you know, as uh, I think there is an old saying, you know, if any DA can indict a ham sandwich if he wanted it to. So I think if we are going to be expelling people and overruling the will of the people based on indictments and allegations without going through proper due process and convictions, we're going to set up very dangerous precedents. And ethic committee didn't even go through the trial process, so I am not going to be voting to expel Representative Santos. And I think, I hope my colleagues are going to think seriously because we already turn into circus, we already turn into kangaroo court, and I think we're not doing our job and actually doing a lot of distractions. So I think it's going to be very split uh, Republicans on this issue, and I hope Democrats will stop being political and also start thinking about this institution. So to be clear, as of Wednesday, which was the last time I'd heard commentary from you, you had said that you were not sure yet on how you were going to vote. You were still going through the report. And what you're saying now is you're going to vote against expulsion. I will, because I will look at her, and I was actually very surprised that the ethics committee in such a serious decision didn't even bother to go through the trial process. They decided they went through political experiences. We don't want to deal with that. You know, we go through pretty much from investigation to conviction. That is not, you know, the rule of law. That is not how things should happen. And I was very surprised even to see that they acknowledge that, that they're just going to not even go through the whole trial process. So that is unfortunate, but ultimately this is going to be very dangerous precedent and we'll have so many in our resolutions because you know, as my good friend, you know, Clay Higgins said, listen, we're dealing with a place like a Brussels here. There are a lot of, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing. <laughs> it's like a brothel here. My good friend Clay Higgins, you know, a guy who a guy who rose to congressional uh, status by being a dirty, violent cop in Louisiana. But uh, never mind. Victoria's Victoria's having a laugh. No, bad things happening here. So if we're going to start doing this, we'll be on the floor instead of doing governing, just really going. Now, Tracy, 
Let's not do. I just got a message from Tracy. Is she looking for moose and squirrel? Tracy. <laughs> I'm sorry. After each other and have this resolution day and night, which is really unhealthy because we have really, really big problems to deal with. But here's the thing, you're not actually doing this day and night, and also, there is, this isn't about the rule of law, necessarily. Oh, okay, this is where Kate Baldwin starts uh, driving nails. Because the House Ethics Committee, it's not, it's not a legal proceeding. The, what, what expulsion is about is about the behavior of members of Congress giving a two-thirds majority the power to expel if they do not think that member should be a part of it. It's not about rule of law. Of course, but it is. You know, we have duly elected people. We overruling the will of the people. I mean, we have elections every two years for a reason that people can get rid of representatives they don't like. And we do have a process that has up. Like, for example, if somebody got convicted of a crime and doesn't want, you know, to leave Congress. So they will set up. This is, has to be taken very serious. Even censoring, we don't take it seriously. We, we do a lot of presentation and people vote for things for political expediencies. But we're setting up precedents where now, instead of doing the work, we have privileged resolutions. Democrats had it. They started it. Now Republicans are doing We just start harassing members if we don't like and appease the voters instead of actually governing and delivering on real issues. And it's very unfortunate. So when you when a fellow Republican, Dusty Johnson, put it this way to Manu Raju, if the Republicans aren't willing to police our own, how can we possibly look at the American people in the eye and tell them that we're able to police folks on the other side of the aisle as well? You do not see that as a, well, you do not see that as a good point. We're not a police. I understand. You know, we not are is innocent until proven guilty. Whether it's President Trump, whereas we have a very serious allegation against President Biden right now. We actually going to No, you don't. Right, but again, but this is not a court of law. law. This is about you, you, if members, here's what it says in the Constitution with regard to expulsion. Yeah. Each house may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members right. for disorderly behavior, and with the concurrence of two-thirds expel a member. Disorderly behavior. The Ethics Committee, the way they concluded is that Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal financial profit. Why do you want someone like that to be one of your colleagues in voting with you in the House? This is a serious allegations, but we have to have a level of proceedings to get to go before we go to conviction to expel. This should be a last resort. It's only been done where people were convicted in the court of law in crimes. Uh, no, 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 Vicky. Uh, it's also been done when members of Congress turned traitor and decided to jine up with the Confederate treason army. But they were not charged with treason or any kind of traitorous behavior. They were thrown the fuck out, girlfriend. But all of this is sound and fury signifying nothing. A tale told by an idiot. That's the other part of the uh, quote. Because all this, all this blowhardery is just cover for one thing. 
y'all, we're running out of votes and we're not going to be a majority for very much longer. If we keep throwing out people who need to be thrown out, like Matt at Just Gates Worse or Scott Perry or Andy Biggs, Ralph Norman, Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert. Or, you know, that privileged revolution, did that last night too. Privileged revolution to vacate the speaker. Because Mike Johnson's losing, uh, is, is, uh, Shedding is shedding support like uh, retrievers shed hair in warm weather. Trust me, there's a lot of hair. Stephen New York says, hmm, I wonder if this Schmendrick has expressed her outrage at her party seeking to impeach and remove a duly elected president from office for the actions of his son. Oh, no, you heard her. She said, we have very serious investigation of President Biden. Very and serious, doing a lot of heavy lifting there. For something in which there is no evidence whatsoever. Victoria Sparts, Darlene in Connecticut says, What the fuck is wrong with the constituents of Indiana's 5th Congressional District voting this insane Soviet Union throwback into Congress to represent them? She's Ukrainian. Have they all lost their minds? Guess she's not running again. All the fams with baby strollers at the January 6th insurrection being afraid of the DOJ was just too much for her to handle. I hope the CIA keeps tabs on this nutcase. Same. Oh, she threw a fit of her own earlier. She said, I'm not going to run again, but... I might just quit right now and fuck the whole Republican carcass. No, Emilio, but you could be forgiven for thinking it was. Is that GOP Representative Maria Butina? But it's a Ginsu commercial. Wait, there's more. Lee in New York says, Troublesome Republicans, they cannot get rid of Boebert. She's willing to reach across. Oh, Lee. They can't get rid of Bobert. She's willing to reach across the aisle. Or at least to the adjacent seat. <sighs> Aye, there's the rub. More Shakespeare. Or treasons. So we cannot just set in the present one thing when we go and actually do censor some of the members, which also we take lightly, but let's say this is very different, but we are overruling the will of the American people. And if we're going to go to that, we really better have very clear evidence and convictions, not just sitting here and having kangaroo courts. Everyone should go through the process. The committee, the ethics committee, didn't even bother to go through the trial. They have a process. They decided not to do it. This is not fair to anyone. And what the problem is, you know, listen, I'm not defending. Their allegations are pretty serious, and it's unfortunate that we have people getting into Congress and a lot of people with very shady reputation, not just him, but let's not go there. But very shady reputation. 
Well, you know, George Anthony DeVolder, Mary Magdalene Santos, has promised to name names. Fun. Good times. But I think they don't even bother to actually go through investigation and trial process. They just pretty much sat down, look at some things, and decided they're already judges to expel someone. This is a very last resort tool and should be used very rarely. Or we'll set a precedent as institution, just in change of power like a... Sis, does Kate Baldwin need to read you the Constitution again? You know, you did swear an oath to uphold it. There's nothing in there about it being a process of last resort. I mean, let's let's take Victoria Sparks to her logical extreme. Let's say that George Anthony DeVolder, Long Dong Silver Santos, at some point in time, ripped his clothes off ran down to the well of the house and began doing an interpretive dance to Chuck Berry's My Ding-A-Ling. Does Victoria Sparks actually think that in that circumstance there should be a lengthy, long, drawn-out uh process or could or could the house just offer up a resolution to get rid of him before he does the encore the framers recognized that that in a body even even in 1787 of the size of the house or the senate that it might be necessary to defenestrate a member post haste And that's why that language is in there. But not according to uh, Victoria Sparts, channeling her inner Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, precisely, Darlene says. I know she's Ukrainian, but of the Soviet Union, Ukrainian sentiment and variety. She's one of the maggots balking at helping Ukraine now. Oh, I know, I know. She's one of those. She's one of those Stalin-style Ukrainians. Uh, Steve in New York, Congresswoman Vicky, whatever. My first thought was, when did Orly Tates become a member of Congress? Oh my God! There's a name I haven't heard for a while. But she wouldn't come off it. Mob rule. We'll turn in the mob rule. Mob rule. Let's deal it. Other side will start doing the same things, and I think it's going to be very destructive for this institution. Other side will begin doing same things. Only I don't think so. How many motions for expulsion were there when a competent woman was running the House of Representatives? uh, To wit, Nancy Pelosi. Huh? Not saying. Just saying. We have people 
you know, you know, Senator Menendez in the Senate, I don't see him getting expelled, you know. So I think this is something you have to have really, you know, proven evidence and, and the judgments that done in the... I don't think Bob Menendez was ever caught claiming to be someone he was not. Or uh, claiming to be Jewish. Or having been the captain of his college volleyball team. Uh, dinner ruined, said Lee in New York. At least Santos de Volder no longer has an opportunity to dance in Congress. Waiting for you to apologize. It was a pretty gross image, wasn't it? Sorry. Courts that before you decided to go to Samson overruled the rule of the people. Real quick, how much did the calculation, did it factor into your calculation on how you wanted to vote? The fact that if he is expelled, the Republican majority is even more slim. Oh, was everything. Like tight majorities, what? because now our leadership is willing to govern for the people. So I don't mind tight majorities. I'm not belonging to people that wants to actually have a, you know, people going to be compliant to leadership and not challenge my own party, because we have a lot of challenges to deliver for the people, and we don't have lobby for the people. So I actually don't think it politically, and there are a lot of things and votes that may be politically not convenient, and I'm not looking at political expediency. I'm looking at the precedents and institutions. In other words, She's lying. All that vote your conscience horse shit from what? Mullah Mike. Uh, that was code for. Please don't fuck me some more. It uh, it did get hot. The debate it was pretty vicious. Uh, Representative Max Miller, uh, the guy who described the Speaker of the House as fucking embarrassing, had an exchange with uh, Jorge. And mm, some fur flew. You, sir, are a crook. I know I should direct my comments to the chair. I yield back. My colleague wants to come up here. Call me a crook. Same colleague who's accused of being a woman beater. Are we, are we really going to ignore the facts that we all have passed and we all have the media coming out against us on a daily basis? I can go and read about all my colleagues. I'm not going to stand here to smear them. I'm not going to stand here and use the time I have to say ill things about my colleagues. I refuse to stoop to that level. He said, having just stooped to that level, but... Do I believe that Max Miller would hit a woman? Yes. Yes, I do. But that does not wash the stain of sin from George Santos. I can't believe I'm using the term sin. So it's been a day. And I don't even know if we should talk about it. It, it seems like such an ill-advised, giant waste of time. But then again, uh, Gavin Newsom debated Ron Monkey Up DeClantis and made short work of him. 
And uh, it was kind of inspiring. Gavin Newsom actually had the nerve to stand up for people who are largely voiceless. The whole thing was held over on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, which is why I did not watch it. But it was a wrestling match. Monkey Up tried to obfuscate from the fact that he was, you know, pathetic by trying to interrupt and talk over Gavin Newsom. Only thing is, when he did it, Gavin Newsom uh, beat him like a barred mule. This this pretty much gives you the tenor of the whole whole thing. Uh, no sooner had it started, uh, th- this uh, pageant in Alpharetta, Georgia. Monkey up started started trying to overtalk and you know, the, the typical. Fox News style book stuff, you know, stuff that he learned from the Hannity job. And Gavin Newsom just stood there and cited statistics, chatted up Joe Biden's record of accomplishment, and eventually looked at Monkey up and said, I'm happy that you continue to talk. Let's talk about Bidenomics. I'm happy to take that on as well. Ten times more jobs than the last three Republican presidents. Because the jobs were because of the COVID lockdowns. Are you kidding me? And then this. As he continues to talk over me, I'll talk to the American people. The lowest unemployment in American history. The lowest unemployment for Hispanics. The lowest unemployment for women in 70 years. That is this administration's agenda. And by the way, as you smile and smirk over there, you should know this. The American people, here's a guy who celebrated Bidenomics just this week, celebrating $28 million that came into your state because of the chips and science and one of the most significant economic plans since FDR. I'm proud of the work Biden and Harris have done. And then Hannity trying to, the Hannity job trying to help the flailing monkey up said, to, oh, would you like to respond? I do have a follow-up, 6% rate on people, families, couples in California. They pay 6% income tax on any $4,000 a year. Gavin Newsom was ready for that, too. He's ready for a lot of things, Gavin Newsom is. California has lower taxes, lower than 32 states for working families in their middle class, significantly lower taxes. People in the state of Florida pay more taxes in the low end than we tax people on millionaires and billionaires. But like I said, there was a there was a there was a moment that, that was impressive on Gavin Newsom's part. There's a reason that there is an exodus among certain marginalized communities toward California. As they went back and forth. Eventually, Gavin Newsom took dead aim at Monkey Up's viciousness 
and went after the don't say gay law in Florida. Gavin Newsom said it was not allowing teachers who happen to be gay to teach. Reagan said you can't catch gay like you can catch measles. I don't like the way you demean people. I don't like the way you demean the LGBTQ community. I don't like how you humiliate people you disagree with. I find this fundamentally offensive. And this is a core value that distinguishes the values of my state and, frankly, the vast majority of Americans against the weaponization of education. That's impressive. It's easy to say nothing for the LGBTQ community. Especially the T part, because there's so damned few of us. But he didn't. He used his voice like a cis ally. A kind of cis ally we need. Oh, and there is some there, there's some fresh whining out there. There's good fresh wine. The wine is coming from none other than uh, reactionary transphobe Dave Chappelle. Lauren Bobblehead Boobert and Anna Pavalaguna, I mentioned this in yesterday's program. Uh, stood with Dave Chappelle for a photo, and Boobert uh, said, just three people who understand there's only two genders, and then deleted it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Chappelle then did a show in D.C., you know, he grew up there. And said that she tricked him. She tricked him into taking the photograph with her. You know what? If Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, Clanny Granny, the corn shucker, she who reaches across, if not the aisle, the seat, the next seat, if that idiot can trick you, Dave Chappelle, that's just sad. And he said, uh, she tricked him and then started talking about her performance at Beetlejuice. She tricked me. She was rubbing her mitts together. And he said it was a human moment to take a picture with her. But I was blindsided, he said. It's a shame she tricked me. I had two tickets to Beetlejuice, and I was going to give her one. A lot of people I grew up with work on the hill, so I hang out there sometimes when I'm in D.C. to catch up with old friends. Yeah, because, you know, you just hang out 
in the house office buildings. I was not at all surprised to see a picture of him with her. Birds of a feather and all, you know? Bigots of a feather. Oh, and uh, by the way, we need to get started. We need to start the uh, front porch group if... uh, 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 Jeremy, if you if you hear me, if you would go ahead and connect, pretty please. Um, Chaya Ratchick, the creator of Libs of TikTok. Oh no, that's not going to work. Let's try this again. Okay. Uh, she said, uh, they won't expel Swalwell, Schiff, Omar Tlaib, Bowman for actual treason, but they'll expel Santos. This is why we lose. I'm so sick of cowardly and spineless Republicans. Uh, then remember this name from, uh, here's a blast from the past. Juanita Broderick. The worthless House of Representatives has expelled George Santos while scum-sucking bottom feeders like Schiff, Swalwell, and the squad remain. Uh, Nitwit Jr., Trader Tot, said, uh, Right, wrong, or indifferent as it relates to the George Santos expulsion, (laughs) it seems America is getting very comfortable disregarding basic tenets. Tenets. No, really, not tenets. Tenets. Of our Constitution, namely, these days it seems everyone's guilty until proven innocent and not vice versa, especially Republicans. A, uh, an America Firster by the name of Gen- Genevieve Beyer said, GOP makes me sick. I hope Santos rains down hellfire on them. And that would be by the way, R-E-I-G-N-S down hellfire, not rains. Yeah, that's who they are. Uh, one DeSantos insider, by the way, now saying DeSantos, DeSantis. DeSantis, DeSantis, monkey up, um, said that uh, his pursuit of the presidency is now a dumpster fire. It's been a day. Among other things, uh, Madge got called out, marginal trailer queen. And she didn't just get called out by anybody. She got burnt to the ground by Auntie Maxine. Because Auntie Maxine had called out the fact that Madge got a shit ton of PPP loans.
Well, this immediately sent Madge over to Shitters so she could post a shit. Maxine Waters is attacking me for taking a PPP loan like so many had to. Before I was a member of Congress when the tyrannical government shut us all down, Maxine's 85 years old and has held government office since 1976. She, she has no idea what it's like to meet payroll and keep a business running. Maxine is everything wrong with politicians today. Too old, no real life experience, corrupt and tyrannical. Bitch, she is 85 years old, sharp as a tack, and has more little, more life experience in her pinky than you have in your entire miserable treasonous body. Madge went on and said, is she going to cling to power until she dies like so many of her peers? Well, maybe. Maybe Madge won't get to cling to power so much after a while. Huh. <laughs> Brother Deacon Asa says, uh, I believe Dave Chappelle. Bobert probably offered the Yankees crank. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she has some kinks in that direction. So anyway, we got 90 bucks to go, just 90 bucks to go to finish uh, Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge. And if we could do that, I get shut up about fundraising. In the meantime, however, let's uh, run over to the uh, old holler tree and see who's uh, gathered around the extraordinary ordinary roundtable. Hey, y'all. How's it going, Robin? Good. Hey, Ben. How are you? So, did you hear what happened to Trump? I believe it was last Saturday in South Carolina. Uh, yeah. I mean, he got <laughs> he got he got booed at the South Carolina Clemson game. Yeah, and uh, all the billboards that he's seen in South Carolina saying that he's a loser and, and you're going to jail. and <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, I, I, from from whoever, got the, whoever paid for those billboards to God's ear, you know? And that's one of the most conservative, conservative states in the union. Yeah, but it also has a strong Democrat. It's, uh, you know, they're going to be the first Democratic primary because... The Democratic Party is actually relatively strong in South Carolina. That's good. I I'm going with what Jeremy said last week. I I believe that the this this sucker's going to prison. I really do. I I I have to believe that. I have to believe that. Oh wait a minute! I got a couple of great uh, uh, good emails here. Uh, our Democratic bench, Stephen New York, says two great ones, Gavin Newsom, Andy Bashir. Yeah, add to that uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker out of Illinois. Yeah. Um, what, says Darlene? Auntie Maxine is 85. Damn, if only I could look half as good and be half as spry, even if I managed to get, that, get to that age. I know. Yeah. Marge, <laughs> pray to God you get there. 
something tells me that she won't be a congresswoman when she does, if she does. And uh, uh, Steve heard that too. The tenants of our country, as uh, as as moaned by uh, Trader Tot, tenants of our country. Steve says the Gazpacho police is violating the tenants of our country. Absolutely. God, the they're a spicy lot, the Gazpacho police. And uh, John in Central PA, uh, subject line Marge, old people in Congress isn't exactly a new thing. Like, how old was John Quincy Adams when he passed away on the House floor? Yeah, he'd been around. The only uh, the only president uh, to be president and then turn around and go back to the House. And when he went back to the House, he raised hell because he was a staunch abolitionist. And they had to pass uh, rule after rule after rule to make him shut the up. And history remembers him as being right and all those other assholes as being entirely wrong. So that's nice. Uh, Let's see. Kevin, how are you? I saw Kevin post, uh, it's been a week. I don't know if uh, Kevin heard me. Uh, Tracy. Sign in, please. Hey, y'all, it's working, so I will be listening, and when I'm clear, I will come back on. Okay, sounds good. Stay safe on the mean streets. Well, I'm here briefly. Oh, hey, Roger. I uh, posted in the chat, in the Skype chat, there's a HTTPS Lane County MFP square site. And if you're interested or anybody else in the Skype group's interested, that's our jam jelly sale. Oh, fun. And so you can look at things like that. And if people choose to uh, participate and are willing to pay the postage and, you know, the box, you know, the if it fits, yeah. it ships number, I can facilitate all that out, but I'm just not willing to pay the postage. Uh, nor should you. So if you come up with some, I mean, if somebody wants something, um, they can reach out. And then maybe, and you can use their zip code and find out what the postage is and inform them as such. What will happen is they'll buy it and they'll put it immediately on their own credit card. And then on December 9th or 16th or something is when we have the distribution and they would have to get in touch with me and then I'd pick up their number and then I'd go get a box at the post office and put it all together and all that good stuff. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, I hope not everybody in the world does it because I don't want to do all that much. But uh, if there's something that really piques somebody's interest in, and all of that, I'll, I'll work at making sure it works. Okay, I'm looking for the link so that I can uh, repeat uh, it again. It's uh, 3.03 p.m. in the chat. It's right below the join. Okay, there, 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 yeah. Lane County, L-A-N-E-C-O-U-N-T-Y-M-F-P-S dot square dot site. Lane County MFPS dot square dot site. Does and what that, that stands for is Lane County Master Food Preservers. And and uh, does that include the lemon curd? Yeah, the lemon curd's in there. Girl might want to order some. Uh, if you click, I, the link works just fine out of the chat. And the lemon curd is $8 a half pint. And most of the jams and jellies are $6 a half pint. But we've got things like mixed berry and peach jam and strawberry blueberry and blackberry raspberry and raspberry. And well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by the reduced sugar ones, too. Yeah. Uh We've got people that uh, are dealing with diabetes and things like that. And so we've made some reduced uh, sugar ones. I mean, they still got some sugar in them. Don't, don't yeah, misunderstand right. yeah. it. They're, they're not sugar-free, but they're reduced sugar. Okay. Well, I've got it here, and so after the program, uh, I think I'm going to – Try the lemon curd, and I'm not going to lie, the uh, reduced sugar blueberry lemon jam looks really damn good. Cool, thanks for uh, thanks for making us aware of that, because I know how good y'all are. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know about scones, but uh, English muffins will do, too. Lemon curd is sort of like hard sauce. Whatever you put it on, it's great. And that that line comes out sort of out of the thing, you know, why did the English make plum pudding? It's a good excuse to eat hard sauce. I don't even know what hard sauce is. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, my God. You take some butter and you soften it. Don't melt it, but you soften it. And you put in as much powdered sugar as you can while it's beating. And then you add a little bit of rum. Or you could use any any liquor you want, really, but, but I tend to use rum. And then you keep adding powdered sugar until it's getting pretty stiff. And then you clean the beaters off, give them to the kid to lick, whatever, 
and put it in the fridge. And then when you get your plum pudding and you get it all heated up and all that, you put it on the platter, pour some brandy over it, flame it, and serve it up. And then you scoop out hard sauce and put it on the warm plum pudding. And this buttercream frosting, basically. Um, oh, God, that sounds flows, just... Oh. Flows down over it as it melts, and uh, you eat hard sauce with plum pudding. That Okay, I, I understand better what it is now. It's just a super sugary, sweet uh, candy that you eat with warmed plum pudding. Uh, let's see. I'm copying the link to send it to Ralph's because she's she asked for it. Um. I didn't put it into the the regular chat because I I haven't been there today because I'm getting about getting ready to leave because I got to make sure I get a bar stool. Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. So what time's kickoff? I think it's 5.30 Pacific. The local TV station is starting their broadcast at 5, but you know that so they can all sit around and jawbone for a half hour before kickoff. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this isn't Super Bowl, but it's... For people here in Eugene, it's right up there alongside the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, this is uh, this is a big deal. I mean, win and you're in. Yeah. Lose and go home. Well, actually, there's even been a couple of Facebook articles about, well, if the Ducks win, does that guarantee them? No, it doesn't. Here's what could happen, and they could still not oh, make nothing's, the college you know, football when, there, when, there's o- when there's only four slots, nothing's guaranteed. Right. I mean, but, I mean, the amazing thing is that Washington and Oregon would have the same record. Although one of them has the championship and one doesn't. But then again, it also becomes a part, it becomes a ratings game. I'm sure Steve in New York is well aware, you know. Oh, who, yeah. You know, who's who, who's going to draw the bigger TV numbers, Seattle or Portland, Eugene? We'll see how it all goes, but I'm just looking forward to uh, sitting on the bar stool with a bunch of fans in the room and uh, enjoying a game in a public venue instead of just sitting here at home watching it on TV. I think by it's a, yeah, I think it's a lovely idea. Um, the only thing I, I used to do that with Mountaineer games, especially the big ones, but. Um, <laughs> It got to where it felt like I was jinxed. Every time I did that, we'd get our ass handed to us. Well, this will be the first game. No, I, no, I went to a couple others, so I'm not a jinx on on the Ducks. I, I've seen a couple others in a in a group. So, I'm going to the Moose Lodge because beer is cheaper than a closer neighborhood bar, and maybe even colder. Uh. I don't know. All you got to do is put it out on the back porch right now, and it'll be plenty cold enough. Uh, uh, being a wise-ass, John in Central PA says, Ducks? Wait, Roger lives in Anaheim? Wrong ducks, John. Wrong ducks. Wrong quack <laughs> Wrong quack attack. 
No, I'm just living a little. I, I live around the ducks, just a little bit south of the beavers. Hold on. You earned that one. Well played. Anyhow, I'm gonna gonna head off. Everybody enjoy. Uh, catch you next week. All right. Have fun, Roger. All right. Take Bye. care. Good Bye. Fun. Okay. Um, by the way, just a reminder, if you have trouble negotiating Skype, you can always get into the Friday on the Front Porch conversation via the stress line, named for Bill, Mr. Stress Miller, who passed away many years ago now, and uh, who would have danced a, 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 a joyful jig of delight with the news of Henry Kissinger finally heading off to hell. You know, I didn't realize that I was just doing some follow-up reading. Oh, my God, that thing reproduced. Ugh. So, Robin, um, there was a photo that recently came out on uh, Twitter this week. And somebody said that they looked it up and says that it was 99.9% generated by AI. And it's a picture of Trump with Epstein, and they're saying that it was AI generated. Was it? That's what they're saying. They're saying 99.9% AI generated. I mean, there are non AI generated photographs of Trump with Jeffrey Epstein. I know. It's video, Ben, it's video. I mean, they're both. I know, that's what I'm saying. They're both standing there dancing, and, and, and Trump's biting his lower lip. I'm like, I think these people that are saying it's AI-generated are delusional. Yeah. Although that's probably, that, that's probably you know, through various aspects of the brain, of the brain trust, are, uh, that's probably an indication of, uh, the, 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 I don't know, maybe his entire defense in, in the Georgia case. Hey, it's all AI. It's all AI. This angry black lady has used AI. Because, among other things, the the wheels are coming off some more in uh, the fraud trial in Manhattan. The deputy assistant attorney general, or whatever his uh, title is, uh, just kind of lost his shit today. Kevin Wallace... Uh, yelling, more or less, the court has found that Mr. Trump committed fraud. To get into the private wealth group, he committed fraud. And this was in exchange with Chris Kyes, Nitwit Nero's petty fogger, over an an objection during cross-examination by the state of a defense witness expert about Nitwit Nero's relationship with Deutsche Bank. Uh, here we go with that again. Uh, when is he going to give up on that? Well, I mean, this. Well, look. I mean, it's the it's the ancient it's the ancient maxim of trial law. If you have the facts, pound on the facts. If you have the law, pound on the law. If you ain't got either one, pound on the table. Yeah, and then how about the, him having that money moved around when he was ordered not to? Oh yeah, 
but that's not part of that's not I mean that's a different transaction. And so uh, uh, lawyer Wallace said he lied to the private wealth group to get these loans. Therefore, we are looking at what the interest rate would have been had he not had access to the group he lied to. And then Justice Angoron overruled Kais's objection and said, I think his explanation is correct. Ow. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Thing plays out. But I look for him to be in prison before next November. Uh, well, you know, Fonnie Willis says uh, she may not be able to start the trial until August. Ooh. Uh, that's... That's cutting it close. But uh, the trial's going to start in D.C. And remember, there's still a criminal trial over Stormy Daniels. Oh, God. You know, Michael Cohen's a player in that one. Oh, oh, yeah. And so is Stormy Daniels. Yep. I think he knows that he's toast, and that's why he's acting the way he is. Well, it, 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 he's trying to bluster, his, he's trying to brazen his way out of it. Also today, this was fun. Uh, Harris Faulkner of the show on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, uh, Faulkner Focus. I always think of William Faulkner writing some sort of stream of consciousness as I lay dying or whatever, and drunk out of his gourd and being unable to focus when I say Faulkner Focus. <laughs> sure. Uh, she hosted Representative Kat Kamek of Florida, a maggot who voted against throwing Santos out of the House. And Kamek said, Under the Constitution, the House has the right and ability to govern members, including up to including and up to expulsion. That being said, for me, without a conviction, despite a damning ethics report, it's the same thing Victoria Sparks was saying. I'm very concerned about setting a precedent that in the People's House, 750,000 people in New York's 3rd Congressional District would be left without representation. Oh, sure you are, Han. But the best part was when Harris Faulkner got all, oh, me, oh, my, oh, got all kinds of, of, of rot and pearl-clutchy and hand-ringy and said that uh, because they've tossed Santos, look, one of the things he's been very vocal about is supporting Israel throughout its war against the bloodthirsty terrorists of Hamas who killed innocent citizens on October 7th in Israel. That war continues. And he's been very vocal and very emotional about that issue. That's one of the voices now, you know, as Republicans like yourself get together and try to figure out next steps for Israel from a congressional point. That's one of the voices that gets quieted. Really? Throwing George Santos out of the house puts Israel in danger. 
NBC News has a report. Um, that three different appeals are headed toward our most puissant dread sovereign, Supreme Catholic Majesties. Are on their way. Joseph Fisher, Edward Lang, and Garrett Miller are all appealing. And uh, a, a, uh, if the court accepts the appeals, and the, there's the, it's not the best reporting, but um, I don't know if this is an emergency appeal because those three guys, you know, they were they were they were convicted in federal district court. I don't know if it's gotten through the circuit court appellate process because you've got to do all that before you get to the Supremes. But here's the problem. If they elect to hear the appeals, then Nitwit Nero will immediately move to indefinitely continue the D.C. trial Until the Supreme Court rules. It's a little bit convoluted. U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols initially dismissed the charges against the three. Then the D.C. Circuit ruled two to one in favor of reinstating them. And... uh, That is what is before the Supreme Court. These are all the straws at which Nitwit Nero is clutching. Over at the New Republic, Mark Hosenball has an article suggesting that as the uh, maggots in the house continue to bark and grunt about Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, impeach Joe Biden because Hunter Biden, that uh, uh, the Democrats in the Senate might be interested in opening hearings into the financial practices of I precious princess I wanka my daddy Trump Kushner and she went to Jared. And that the Democrats have about four hundred pages of damning evidence on the couple. Uh, speaking to reporter Hosenball, uh, one Democratic Uh, anonymous source. So Democrats simply have other priorities, including a robust policy agenda that they want to focus on. There's no evidence to suggest that additional investigations of Trump would damage or influence his political prospects. 
but some others would like to go uh, go after Iwanka and uh, Jared. And it's particularly interesting because any such hearing would likely be under the gavel of Sheldon Whitehouse. And might use information collected by, among others, Jamie Raskin, who is any, uh, well, uh, thorough by any definition. In the article, it says the source said Democratic investigators had assembled 400 pages worth of evidence related to alleged personal financial dealings that Iwanka and Jared reportedly engaged in while they were both on the government payroll. At least nominally and in theory being advisors to daddy. And the report also notes that Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington has a dossier. Some sources, the report continues, said the Democrats are considering retaliative action closer to election time. One source said Democrats on both sides of Capitol Hill are keeping their powder dry so that if they do decide to seriously engage in scandal-mongering, really, regarding the finances of Trump and his offspring, his gits, they could do so at a more effective point during the presidential campaign as it develops. I don't think it's scandal-mongering if, uh, if, if those two were engaged in criminal activity, is it? Admit it, you're just all jealous that a Saudi prince didn't offer you $2 billion free and clear. That's all it is. You're just jealous. Uh, okay, wrong. okay, Jeremy. I'm, I'm not, I'm, we're not going to go out and fight in the alley over that. I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the Saudi prince part's pretty nauseating, but you know, anybody that wants to you know, cough up a couple of billion, sure, why not? Just because he covered up a bone saw murder, it's no big deal. Don't worry about I it. I mean, let it's him who ha- the water. let him who the has water. let him who has not covered up a bone saw a bone saw murder cast the first fucking stone, Jeremy. I mean, really. I mean, who has it? Jesus, come on, let yeah, me go. You, 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 you member of the Purity Patrol, you. Oh, we are a sarcastic lot, aren't we? I see Steve has wandered. Steve from New York has wandered into the room. Are you just listening, or are you? Uh... Greetings. Ah, yes, here for the conversation. Come in. Yay! Came in hot. You're coming hot, Steve. Hot, hot, hot. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, uh, you were. Yeah, you. Super, you've... super loud. Super loud. Yeah, you've modu- you've you've modulated. Really? Yeah. Hmm. How do I change that? Uh, it. it, it... It's uh, sometimes it's a Skype it's okay. thing. It's it's, cal- it's it's calmed down a bit now. You're okay. It was really hot at first. You're you're fine. Okay. I mean, anything with Microsoft, anything dealing with that Microsoft owns, I just assume that it's buggy and has all kinds of problems. Well, it's part and... it's it's part of how Skype operates. It listens and adjusts. Dare I say AI? No, it's not AI. Not at all. It's, yeah, there's nothing intelligent about it. <laughs> no, it's just plain old boring garden variety um, audio filtering and limiters. Oh, I just figured it had something to do with Rome. Yeah, you can shut the fuck off. 
Uh, How is Grease tied into it, though? Yes, exactly. We had a uh, we had a, a guilty plea today out in California. Uh, the uh, Mercury News reporting that uh, uh, Chance Brannon, age 24, former member of the United States Marine Corps, entered a guilty plea in federal court. to firebombing the Bay Area Planned Parenthood Clinic in 2022. He was active duty at the time. He was stationed at Camp Pendleton and was uh, in the process of uh, and had made plans to attack uh, another Planned Parenthood clinic at Southern California Edison substation and an LGBTQ Pride Night celebration at Dodger Stadium. Put him away for a very long time, please. Speaking of that, Robin, I have an update for you before I forget. Oh, yeah? I talked to you the other night about um, the shooter here and his Twitter page. Yeah, what was it, Jason Easton? Uh, yes. The police have put out a, re- uh, a further up on their looking into him. He's had no less than 30 interactions with the police in the last, like, 10 years. Yeah, I saw that, but none of them as the subject but a lot of domestic violence, that kind of thing. Right. One of his girl, two of his girlfriends had a restraining order against him. One had his gun taken away. A lot of it was him bickering and complaining about people around him and them complaining about him, but nothing arising the arrival of arrest. But I think in my, in my whole life I've had like three interactions with police, two for speeding tickets and one for something else. <laughs> but that's all I've ever had. Not 30. Uh, no, far cry from 30. Now, this creep, Chance Brannon, uh, entered his guilty plea to four felony counts, uh, malicious destruction of property by fire and explosives, intentional damage to a reproductive health services facility. And it was uh, March 13, 2022, in Costa Mesa, California, around 1 a.m. They threw Molotov cocktails at the front door of the clinic. Uh, the other uh, the other suspect turned out to be 22-year-old Tibet Ergul from Irvine, California. But he also had uh, an unregistered rifle and two silencers. And there was another co-conspirator, Xavier Batten of Brooksville, Florida. He also thought about attacking the Anti-Defamation League in San Diego ultimately deciding to go for Planned Parenthood to scare pregnant women, deter doctors and staff from providing abortion services, and encourage similar violent acts. Once again, so we've got an abortion clinic bomber, if it was in fact an abortion clinic. Every Planned Parenthood is not an abortion clinic. But we've got a a misogynist bomber, and it turns out he's also an anti-Semite. Once again... All these Venn diagrams turn out to be damn circles. They researched Ted Kaczynski, according to the prosecution. Uh, Brannon got a World War II sabotage manual and shared it with uh, the Tibet Ergul. 
and they were arrested two days before the Pride Night celebration at Dodger Stadium. They'll go to trial. Uh, or they were due to go to trial on those in uh, March of 2024. I don't know what if I don't know if that went a, went away as a result of the guilty plea to the Molotov cocktail bombing charge. And he's looking at a max of 20 years for each felony conspiracy and malicious destruction count, up to 10 years for possession of an unregistered destructive device. So if it it won't be all consecutive, it should be, but it won't be. U.S. Attorney Martin Estrada said, "This defendant exemplifies the insidious danger posed by domestic extremism. We must never waver in our commitment to protect the American people from violent extremist ideology." Well, if you want to deter that, see to it that they go to prison for eighty fucking years. with no time off for good behavior. Y'all are quiet tonight. Hey, Robin. Yeah. I know we scared people off with our college football discussion last night. Can I ask just one question, though? Just one. It's in 27 parts. I'm kidding. Uh, um, Don't start. No. Um, what happens to Georgia when Alabama beats them? See, I'm daring to dream that Alabama can. I think they will. Um, it's gonna. It's, well, uh, if 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 Alabama beats Georgia and Georgia goes into the uh, into the playoffs and Alabama is on the outside looking in, there might be. I don't know. There there, there might be shots fired. I don't. I, if that or I don't think that'll happen. I think Georgia will be kicked out because what I was worrying about last night is like I said it's almost as though the conference championships don't fucking matter it's kind of like the it's kind of like the ducks and huskies thing tonight right the ducks okay I'm done the ducks yeah Russian ducks Jesus. Uh, Major Gunner, I know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I should have played hooky tonight after all. Excuse me. I hope nobody heard that burp. Uh, I, well, it, all you had to do was not talk about it. Okay. Yeah, it is quiet tonight. I'm here. Hey, Hey, Steve. Howdy, man. How's things up there in New York? It's all right. I'm focused on getting getting a new job, leaving my law practice, 
um, eventually getting out of law and then eventually moving the hell out of here. Are you looking at, are, have you begun looking at other places to go? Well, I can't, I, can't, I, I can't see you going back to Ohio. Well, you can, then, <laughs> neither can I. Um, I have two paths here. And whoever that yeah, is. Tracy, uh, Tracy, could you mute oh. until, yeah. Um, path one is get another job in law just so I can get out of this partnership um, and then transition out of law and then move. Move is the third step. If I have to take two steps, if, if, I able, if I'm able to get something out of law, I'll do that and then move. So the moving is either the second or third step. And my time frame for finding a new job is probably three to six months. Um, and given the, the, I've been very fortunate that, um, a couple, one, one of my former supervisors and a couple other people I know seem to have some decent connections. Um, and I actually had a, uh, sit down with the head of an entire division at a big company the other day. So oh she my. told me, she's like, yeah, she says, we're not, we're not hiring yet right now, but keep, st- make sure you stay in touch with me. That's all, you know, and that's anytime I can go around HR and go right to the person who can utter the infamous, you're hired words. Yeah. That's a good thing. Um, are you just disgusted? Are you, are you just utterly disgusted with the practice of law? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, first and foremost, utterly disgusted with being on my own because of when you have, when you, you know, you this, when you know this, when you run a business, which let's be honest, that's what you do. You don't just get to, in your case, you don't just get to worry about being a journalist and being on the radio. You got to worry about everything else, the marketing, the accounting, the this, the that. And it, it's just that, take, it, that just sucks. It becomes the life over, out. it becomes overwhelming. And in it's, the case of, and you know, you don't have to be in rural Alabama or rural anywhere that you can, it can happen in New York City too. When you're a solo practitioner, uh, all that warm, fuzzy stuff about Atticus Finch goes out the window in a damn hurry. Well, I don't know that it was ever actually in the window. Um, you know, I think it, it would have been more in the window when law was seen, when law was a profession. Law is not a profession; it's a business. Um, and when there are and and when there are so many. F- effing lawyers you know uh, you know it's honestly I, I mean i've thought about that steve and i wonder was was the beginning of the end when lawyer advertising was allowed i was just thinking about that um well i i don't know i mean sure I, let I, miss let miss cleo advertise but no i hear you but i, I call think me also, now I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the the ethical rules are are written they're not they're not written for a modern practice. I mean the notion that 
that I can, I, I, you know, I, I can, I can, if, 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 I, if my office is across the river uh, from Weehawken, as long as it's in New York, I can legitimately practice law. But I can do the same thing. I just walk across, go across the water, and it's it's the unauthorized practice of law. I think it it's stupid because I understand that was that harkens to a time when there was value in having a person uh, who who knew the local scene, knew the local courts, the knew community, the, yeah, the community had a little law um, office on the courthouse square. Right. Um, handling right. in, handling entailments in exchange for a right. bag of hickory nuts. Yeah. Right. Um, and I also think too. You know, I've had I've had people say, "Well, what if if you can you can you counsel somebody who is a California company?" I've had people take the the view that if you're only licensed in New York, you can't counsel someone in California on on California law. And it that's that that demonstrates the absurdity of it i mean I, I i very well can and again it harkens back to a time when there weren't resources in order for somebody here to find out what california law was however now with this thing called the interweb tubes it's not a dump truck um where i can i can research anything i want just as easily as anybody there can and with things like you know, video and Zoom and all this Michigas, it 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 makes those distinctions really silly. I mean, so as long as I'm here, as opposed to ten miles across the river over there, I can do the exact same thing. That it just it's it it's not it's not built for a modern age. That makes um, I mean that makes sense. So, you know, but getting back to your question, you want know Robin? I don't know where it went wrong. I do know this is that I don't want anything to do with courts. Once I'm out of this, I don't want anything to do with courts. I will never go to court. I don't care what the hell happens. The only way I would ever even think of going to court is if I, if I got so injured or I such suffered such some sort of economic loss or personal loss that I couldn't work or it or it completely bankrupted me. Beyond that, I don't want anything to do with courts. Because I don't want anything to do with judges. I don't want anything to do with other lawyers. To hell with them. You know, I, I it's weird. I've 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 kind of found myself if if I were to describe my political slash personal philosophy the best I can come up with is I'm a libertarian socialist. Oh, don't I don't, don't don't hate on yourself. Yeah, I don't want I don't you know. Perfect. Here's an example. I went through. I don't know if I ever told you what happened to me a few years ago. It was just. I had to move three or four or five times in about eighteen months. I lost everything. I tried to get help from. The city of New York. Uh-huh. 
and it all went to, it all came to nothing, Mr. Finch. Right? Well, I don't know why I got kicked out. Don't want it. If other people want it, see, that's that's the libertarian part of me. The socialist part of me is I'm all for those things being there for other people. I don't want to I don't I don't want to be a part of them. And and when I say that, that doesn't mean I'm saying I don't want to pay for those things so other people can have them. I don't want a part of them. So I, you know, what does that make me? I don't have any friggin clue. I acknowledge the usefulness of those things, and I acknowledge that I have no qualms with some with people taking advantage of those things, and I have no qualms paying for those things, or I should say contributing for, to those things. I don't want to use them myself. Hey, Steve, here's a question for you and Robin. What's longer, law school or medical school? Medical school. Medical school, yeah. <laughs> you know what, Robin? It's, funny. it's an interesting question that Ben just asked where I went to law school, they actually had a JDMD degree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think WVU did too. No effing. Thank you. That, and they also had an, uh, a JDMPA program as well. Mm-hmm. Public administration. So I don't like five years to be a lawyer. Three, three, yeah, the thing, well, the thing, the thing is, in a way, Ben, it balances out because you spend three years getting your JD, so a total of seven years of, you know, beyond high school education, undergrad and graduate terminal professional degree. Whereas medical school is four years long, and then you do a one-year internship, and then you do your residencies. But unstated in the law, in the law side of it is that, you know, one of the tracks, and it's not that far different from doing a residency as a brand-new doctor, is that you spend five years as a junior associate at a law firm carrying uh, carrying the senior partner's briefcase and doing all the senior partner's work and billing your stuff for the senior partner, and the senior partner gets, you know, you bill at one rate, and then you actually get paid a lot less than your hourly billing. Because law firms, and I think Steve will confirm me in this, law firms are giant legalized pyramid schemes. Am I wrong, Steve? You are not only not wrong, you are right. So, you know, the people at the bottom of the pyramid are all, all down there writing briefs for Amway. And the people at the top of the pyramid are sitting back and smoking Cuban cigars. And uh, that was sexist. Uh, I guess women can smoke Cuban cigars, too. If I still smoked, I'd smoke Cuban cigars. But, you know, they're living, they're living the high life and, you know, giving to charities and trying to do things to keep the bat wings from fluttering around them when, you know, death draws nigh. I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I, I've, seen, I've seen men who have... And it was mostly men, sorry. Um, but I've seen guys who spent the entirety of their legal careers 
trying to ruin the lives of literal widows and orphans and when they finally drop dead be lionized in the pages of the newspaper uh, for all of their philanthropic work well that's just trying that's just trying to uh, trying to make the ledger balance you know up in front of St. Peter I mean I remember the old joke about uh, a young lawyer who just died you know not car crash or gunshot or anything just died and he gets up to the pearly gates and he says St. Peter there's got to be a mistake I'm only 37 years old St. Peter puts his little quizzers on peers down over his nose and looks down the ledger and says, yeah, but your billable hours say you're 129. Wow. Tough crowd. Oh, I'm sorry. I was muted. I was laughing. So, oh. Okay, thank you. But I was laughing. I thought it was funny. Sadly true. You know? Yeah. That's why we, that's, that's why Rick's nickname. You have to be a lawyer to get it or... Yeah, I mean that's 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 why that's why Rick's nickname became Billable Rick. Um, well, that's why I see people at big firms. When I when I hear a per, when I see a person I meet and they're like, I'm at I'm at uh, you know big law number one, and I'm I, my first thought is you're never going to learn you're not you, you're never going to learn to be a lawyer. You don't learn you don't big firms do not teach you how to be a lawyer. Or wait, let me rephrase that. They don't teach you how to lawyer. They teach you how to bill. Yeah, I, well, yes, that is absolutely true. On the other hand, and this goes back to Ben's qu- query about the differences between the two educational processes. Uh, a medical school will not turn, will not hand you an MD degree without you at least learning how to. Uh, you know, sew up a wound or peruse the PDR to figure out what kind of medicine to give somebody and not poison them or kill them. Not the same with law school. Uh, there's, there, 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 there are very few, maybe it's changed. I kind of doubt that it has. There are precious few classes on, so you want to run a law firm. Because what Steve said earlier is so very true. It's a business. And you've got to, you, you know, you've got to, you've got to manage your accounts. You've got to make sure, you know, especially when when you've been at it for a while and things get complicated, you've got to be able to check your conflicts to see if you've got a conflict of interest with a potential client coming in. Or, 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 you know, shit can go south in a real damn hurry. And they're not particularly good at teaching you any of that shit in law school. So you have to be taken under somebody's wing to learn how. And, and well, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry. I no, 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 I no, no, no. And if you if you don't, life is going to be difficult. I mean, I learned I learned how I learned how to lawyer because I went right I went right out of law school into a prosecuting attorney's office, and not a prosecuting attorney's office, the prosecuting attorney. So that was a that was an Everest of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. I know. I, you know what? My first job was working at a small, working at a small, but basically like a PI defense firm. 
um, that's where you learn. That's where you learn. Where you you walk in your first day and they point to those red welds over on the over leaning against the wall and say, all 40 of those are yours. Let us know if you have any questions. And you go to court, you talk to insurance companies, you everything. That's how you learn. Yeah, and, met, and, and you learn you, know, you, you learn how to all the uh, you know all the pro forma motions you know, because if you're talking about a defense firm, you're talking about you know answering complaints, uh, scrutinizing service of process, uh, filing all of your Rule 12 motions because if you don't file all of them at some point in time, somebody will say that you're malpracticed on them. What's Rule 12? Oh, like 12b6, motion motion to dismiss for failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted? That's 3211 in New York, so. I should have known that because I know federal practice, too. But, no, I completely agree. And you know what? And then what what I also learned, had to learn quickly, was that judges ignore the law. And maybe that's unique to New York. I actually had a fr- I actually had I don't know who told me the story. It was a friend of mine. He actually had a judge say to him, he was in front of the judge and he says, yes, judge, but that's not what the, that's actually. That's the opposite of what the law says. And had had, you know, cases to back up. That's not the law is the exact opposite. And the judge's response was. Take me up on appeal. Yeah. So, not to butt in, but it looks like we have a David with our hand up. Seeing that oh. right now. Sorry. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. I just noticed them. No big deal. Okay, I'm gonna mute. Oh, I bet that, I bet that's David. I bet that's David in Oregon. Hey, David. Hi, Robin. Can you hear me? Hi. Uh, yeah. So I'm sitting here studying for finals, and I heard you all talking about law school, and I decided. To <laughs> Sorry, we conjured you. I. I'm like sitting here and I'm, I'm like trying to study. I'm like, oh, I'm listening to Steve talk and I'm like, why am I, why am I in law school? <laughs> that was not the point. This is not, this is not break David's heart on the front porch Friday. <laughs> so, uh, I just, being in law school at the, at the, at the moment, um, I've been saying to myself recently that I like studying the law. I hate law school. I hate it. I don't like it. It's it's awful. <laughs> but as far as like reading law cases and like using my brain to, to think through problems and stuff like that, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I I always I always say that law school is the most in-depth, profound, liberal arts education you can get. Because there's nothing that the law doesn't touch. Right, and I, and I like learning about um, about all kinds of different things, and, and you know, there are cases from um, jurisdictions that I have never visited, so they're talking about, you know, local customs and stuff like that, so I'm learning about you know, 
I'm studying for my sales finals, so I'm learning about like uh, there was cases about racehorse trading and case and cases about. Oh, is that like um, is that like UCC? Yeah, UCC. <laughs> and um, I was, um, you know, learning about you know markets and you know farm states that I've never visited, and um, so kind of imagining that sort of things is is nice and fun but like hearing hearing the reality of being a lawyer from steve uh, and i i mean i understand that he's in new york so it's going to be different uh, i hope for me on the on here on the west coast but um uh i don't know it was kind of i was kind of i was feeling kind of a little dejected there for a sec and do you want me to tell you the worst part of it um, okay. And this is actually very, very good advice, at least I think so, if I do say so myself. All that crap you're learning in law school is not near as important as they make it make it make you think it is. Right. Law none of this comes down to law. Law, the practice, comes down to to the facts. The law is what the law is. The facts are what determines it. The, the real judgment, the real practice is the person who can look at the facts and say, that's important, that's not important. That's important, that's not important. You can argue the law till you're blue in the face. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think, I think that story of the, the, of the blow up between uh, Wallace and Chris Kyes today in Manhattan in front of Justice Ngoron is a good example of that. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, barking and Fact. grunting barking and grunting about the law when the facts are no longer I mean, you know, the the very nature of the rule rule for summary judgment that Ngoron entered was that there were no material issues of fact or law. And so every time Chris Kyes stands up, petty fogging for Trump, and says, yeah, but the law is, no, baby, we've already determined that. That part of the trial is over, Sugarfoot. Yeah, and Robin, you know who played a really good lawyer in a movie? Uh, well, actually, two movies he's done as an attorney now. The first one was A Time to Kill, and the second one was The Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, he did a really good job of playing an attorney in both of those. Well, I mean, movies about lawyering are seldom good movies about law. Because it does not work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that those way. Are, those are made to sell tickets, you know. Right. I, you know. I made the reference to, you know, working off someone's entailment in exchange for hickory nuts. Yeah, that's out of, that's out of To Kill a Mockingbird. And Gregory Peck was the perfect country lawyer, or uh, uh, the, uh, the the brilliant black and white film uh, "Advise and Consent" with uh, uh, Charles Lawton, I think it was, mm -hmm. playing the crusty old Southern white-suited lawyer. I mean, there's a I, I lot of there's a lot of great lawyer movies. Very few of them actually reflect any real how law goes yeah because a lot of it is just brutally boring am i wrong steve <laughs> no, no. especially litigation 
I still get unending joy that Alina Haba signed the check for what's going on in New York. Literally checked the box for this and then tried to deny it and say it was oh, No, no, no. That turned that turned out to be untrue, Jeremy. Oh, she didn't sign didn't it, that No, check? that 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 entire proceeding was not subject to trial by a jury and Justice and Goron acknowledged that and she said mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Judge. Because yeah, disgorgement people, is equitable, it's not legal. Yeah. It's not it's not a jury process. It's you know, in a in a former era it would have been tried in a in a court of chancery. Now if you want a great book about lawyering, especially in Mary Oldie Engelhond, it's a slog. I had to read it in law school, and once you've read it, the words jarndice v. jarndice will be forever seared into your poor little mind. Bleak House by Charles Dickens. And uh, I, I read it for a law and literature class. And you really got to, you know, because Charles Dickens, it, it, you know, it's that, it's that time of year, so, you know, God bless us, everyone. Yes, Tiny Tim, yes. And no one kept Christmas better than Ebenezer Scrooge. That's, no. that's not a Christmas story. That is a story of the brutal conditions of the poor and working class in mid-19th century Victorian England. And the same well, and, and, and he did the same thing with Bleak House. You know, you've got people waiting literally generation after generation for resolution of a case that nobody was even sure what it was about anymore. There was kind of a modern there was kind of a modern version in the early nineties called the Quincunks. Q U I N C U N X and that was a page turner. Well, here's and, a good one. Sorry. And even Mark Twain uh, I, I turned one of my professors onto this, and, and he said, "It's not going to. It's not going to make your grade any better." But I want you to know that I laughed my ass off at that. I said, "Yeah, because it's also recognizable." Uh, Mark Twain wrote a short story called "The Facts in the Great Beef Contract," and any lawyer who has never read that owes it to uh, owes it to herself to just sit back, pour pour a couple of fingers of brown liquor in a in a glass. Uh, just to toast Mark Twain's genius. It's a, it's a story. It's a story about the narrator trying to get compensated after the Civil War for a number of barrels of dried beef. And there's, I mean, there's no describing it. It's just, it's insane. Because so Robin, here's a good one for you and Steve. After you're done. No, go ahead. So what do you guys think the chances are of Trump being sent to Leavenworth for what he did in Georgia? No. No? No, never. Impossible. Zero. Yeah, Leavenworth is a military prison, right? Uh, Leavenworth. Well, yeah, but there's a federal penitentiary, too. No, never going to happen. The charges in Georgia aren't federal, Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he's going to go if he gets convicted and sent to prison in Georgia, it's going to be somewhere much worse. Remember the wise words of Scary Jerry. We worry about we worry about prison in Florida. We're terrified of going to prison in Georgia. 
<laughs> Ooh. You know, maybe he could wind like I, you know, my my fondest wish would be for him to wind up cellmates with uh, the with the the guys the the guys who murdered Ahmad Arbery. I just keep saying, <laughs> even though the right wing is known to be untruthful at times, most of the time, frankly, just listen to them. Chris Christie, he's toast. He's going to jail. Everyone that talks about him, for the most part, is saying he's done, he's going to jail, including one of the most right-leaning judges that's ever lived, evidently, very right-wing, said Trump is done. He's going to prison. Just a matter of time. Unless he gets reelected. And frankly, no one knows what the answer to the question is if he gets reelected. Can't save himself from Georgia. He can't pardon himself in Georgia. Even the governor cannot pardon him in Georgia. The, legis- the, the maggot legislature cannot pardon him in Georgia. And he has to do at least five years of his sentence before he's even eligible under the Jordan, Georgia pardon, uh, pardon statute. And there is a bipartisan commission that decides who gets pardoned and who doesn't. Now, what what would what would I presume happen were he reelected? And I don't like saying this, but I don't disagree with it. The prosecutions would be put on hold. And that's that's intolerable. And it would it would probably be the end of the republic. I think no, I can. Uh, it would be the end of the republic. Mm-hmm. Or Trump's election is the end of the republic. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I had a note from our uh, our dear sister Jessica up in uh, the Greater Rochester Metropolitan Co Prosperity Sphere. She said on the point she's resting up after surgery. Congratulations, girl. On the point of you and Steve talking about too many lawyers, in 1997 I was looking to get out of this criminal justice program to become a parole probation officer due to the inordinate amount of bullshit I would have had to deal with and then considered pre-law until I noticed all the commercials for personal injury lawyers. So if they were begging for work, yeah, which is a shame because I might have been made one hell of a litigator. Well, you know, it's like it's like what I tried to tell David when he was heading off to law school. I said it's not too late to become a piano player in a whorehouse. At least it's something your mama could be proud of. Uh, by the way, Billable Rick, bless your little heart, Billable Rick uh, 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 awarded me a cowbell for the uh, Billable Hours joke. He giggled. Steve giggled on mute. I firmly believe that Trump will die in prison. I firmly believe that he will die before. He, I, I agree with Jeremy. I don't think he's going to. Or was it Jeremy? Who was it? No, said, Todd, it Todd, 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 oh, Todd. He ain't going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it. I happen to see a, uh, uh, a clip of the Kane mutiny on YouTube and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Trump. Oh, the one of Bogart on the stand. On the stand. Yeah. No, I, let me rephrase that. Trump's worse. Yeah. I don't think he I thought I was crazy. I, I thought I was crazy, but I proved it with because Scott always loved that be, phrase with geometric logic. You're also well, he certainly doesn't Robin. know who's. Go ahead, Jeremy. You're going to be nominated for a long overdue cowbell to Robin for uh, Gavin Newsom making short work of DeSantis. Come on, that was funny. Uh, oh, thank you. I oh. that one right off. 
Yeah, I didn't even hear that, and I'm like, oh yes. I wonder. I wondered if Ron got a. I wonder if Monkey Up got a a box to stand on. You noticed apparent. Um, I was listening to Sam Cedar today, and he made a very good point, which I thought he said, "I will guarantee you that part of the deal was that they that that they were they were not filmed walking to their respective podiums." And they weren't permitted to leave the podium to talk. And I, if you, I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, because it, it would have, it would have meant Monkey Up had to get off his literal soapbox. Yep. I will guarantee. And I, as I sit here and think about it, I didn't see it. I saw seen clips. They don't show anything below about half of the podium. No. No, I mean, I, I, I saw, see his high heel boots. Do they even show the podiums next to each other? He was standing. He was standing. I'm sure it, because oh, who was oh, uh, oh, that's who it was. Remember when uh, the the Mark uh, Wayne? That was Mark yeah, Wayne. that was Mark Wayne standing on a box. Standing on a box. <laughs> and and uh, the uh, the president of of the uh, Teamsters <laughs> posted a picture of him and circled the box. Mm-hmm. Someone should have well, taken Trump Mark. Doesn't even know, Trump doesn't even know who's president. <laughs> no. He can't even figure that out. Hey, Christopher. Hey, how are you, everybody? Good, 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 Happy good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, oh, can I? sweet black baby Jesus. God damn, an hour and a fucking half from LAX to Hollywood. Uh-oh, Tracy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, I got it. I got it. Uh, uh, stand by. Stand by. I'm coming to you, but because uh, apparently you've gotten gotten uh, uh, free of the free of the madness. Uh, Suman wrote in and said, "Sports. I came here to get away from sports, fellow hornies. I watched the Cricket World Cup all last month, midnight to morning. India proceeded to th- thrash every single team in the ten league game, quarterfinals and semifinals, and then promptly proceeded to lose in the final to Australia." In the last three World Cups, India lost a grand total of three games in the last three last three World Cups, all of them knockouts. Why am I ranting here? Because my wife said she's done with my rants. I don't want to push that envelope. Um, Australians play cricket? Fuck yes. Can you use knives in cricket? That's a knife. That's a knife. Christopher. Uh... That movie is so. It was so cute when it came out, but then, it, then you know, things make it try. Ah, uh, there is a. Ah, uh, that's a bloke. The scene in the bar. Mm, oh no. yeah. No. Uh, good luck, Steve. Says Suman. Hope you land that job. And then Suman took us down to, uh, from ninety to eighty bucks to go on uh, Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge to start the month of December. And our, you, and, our pal, and our pal Texas T jumped in and took us down to seventy bucks to go, so we got a half an hour to find seventy bucks. And I know we worked. Uh, I know we went went just really brutally hard trying to finish November. And thank you, thank you so much. Um, but hey, know, Robin, seven folks at ten, ten at seven, et cetera. Yes, Steve. Speaking of Texas, how's uh, 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 JB doing? Oh, he was here last Friday. Oh okay. Yeah, he he popped in. Oh, I, you know, I, yeah. Remember, I wasn't because we were at the uh, yeah place down in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tracy, okay. Yes. 
So what? An hour and a half from LAX to Hollywood? Yeah. Trace, Tracy, breathe. I'm breathing. Breathe. Was okay. there? What was? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. But unfortunately, I, there, it was a bunch of people. I don't know where they were from because I didn't give a fuck. And um, and then they started with the started playing their music through the speakers on their phone. And I'm like, you need to. You just got off a plane, right? So I'm pretty sure you have um, a Bluetooth or something. Use it. And I had some bass in my voice when I said it. Uh oh. Y'all well, get no, reported. I mean, my cabbie was mean. I don't give a fuck. I'm already. I was already called an angry black woman by somebody, and I got written up for it. So you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be written up and, and accused of being an angry black woman, you know, then uh, so be it. Because I have so little. I have no fucks left to give. I think that should be a song. Um, because I did kind of. I think it should be on our money. It's like I have zero fucks to give. I mean, these are nice people and everything. And when they heard my, the bass in my voice, they got real quiet because I'm like, traffic was just is 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 just god fucking awful. And now I have to go back to LAX, but I'm in no rush because um, let's just say if I didn't need money right now. I go home, but then the thing is, it would take me just as long to get home. Let me see. How long? Let's see. How long is it going to take Miss Tracy to get home if she went home right now? Okay, it's four to seven minutes to get home because, you know, it's Friday. It's only 4.30. It feels so much later than it actually is because it's damn near dark already. So, you know, that doesn't help with your mood. And let's see, how long would it take me to get back to LAX? 57 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So that part. But other than that, you know, things is, you know, I, I just, I thought I would have dropped them off 15 minutes ago. Because <laughs> I, when I first, when they told me the address and I put it into the GPS and it said over an hour and I'm like, where the fuck are we going? And then I looked, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's Hollywood. Because there's just nowhere, no, there's just no fast way to go. The tin was already backed up. Uh, it really, in, it should have only taken maybe 35, 45 minutes to get here. But an hour and a half, I picked them up. I'm like, how, what? So I turned on my meter at 3.07. And I dropped them off at 4.28. Oh, hard to make money that way. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because an hour and a half for one trip, that's right up there when you're a waitress, because I used to be a waitress, you know, a thousand years and a thousand pounds ago. Um, motherfuckers come in and they hold up your table because they're sitting around bullshitting, and then they don't tip. That part. Anywho, so let's see. How many people died this week? Uh, did you guys? Ooh, oh, did she? Lot. Did you mention? Did you guys mention what's her name? Frances Sternhagen. No. She died. Played. I'll tell you a lot of played, folks got played, to fill out played their like Deadpool, older lady uh, characters. Deadpool bingo card. Yeah, she always played. You know the. You know the the you know, the smart 
older lady, grandma, mother. Um, she was. Oh, anybody that watched the the closer, she played um, Kira Cedric's mother. I'm thinking uh, because it's just a really special film in my uh, in my heart. Uh, there was a Michael J. Fox vehicle years back called Doc Hollywood. I lo- oh, I love that movie. I oh love yeah, Doc Hollywood. I love Doc. Yeah, because it's it's the doctor version of who I once was. Yeah, I think yeah. So so yeah. So this was a a a, a painful hour and a half. And I just, there's times like this that I just like, this is some, I, I took everything that I had not to just start screaming. But like I said, fortunately, my passengers were nice people. And um, I didn't have to pull over and tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, was, in, she was in Doc Hollywood. She played one of the women who uh, bring... Uh, Doc his first meal, and she said, ah. "I made soup. I can't cook. Or I made you a TV dinner. I can't cook." <laughs> hey, you know you work with your strengths. Yes. You you do what you can do. I'm just well. Now I have know. to. Now I I actually own it. I have to rewatch Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, speaking of owning movies, so. I have an extensive DVD and still, yes, VHS collection. I, I still have a, uh, VCR, a VCR. And so, and my, my son, the millennial, has been trying for years to make me digitize everything and stop getting DVDs and woo-doo-woo-woo-woo-woo, right? He's like, Mom, you can just stream everything. So I just read an article, and it, it vindicated me for never getting rid of my DVDs because people have offered asked me to sell them, I'm like, nope, um, because they're talking about all these streaming platforms, and, you know, when you doubt, you know, you buy a movie on uh, uh, Amazon and stuff like that, and, but what happens when Amazon is no longer? What happens to your, what happens to the movie that you paid for, right? So they're saying that people should not get rid of it, especially like, okay, or, when the internet goes out and you can't stream anything, all they got to do is pop in the DVD and you have entertainment. So y'all don't be, you know, don't listen to the fucking millennials and now the Zoomers when they talk shit about our DVDs. Keep those, keep that shit. I still buy DVDs. I mean, I per, they're I not co- have the, huh? They're not, they're not completely wrong, Tracy. That's what your son is getting at. With digital stuff, there is a clause in like Apple and stuff where if you buy a digital copy, you don't technically own it. But there's a way around not having internet and not having a copy that you physically download a copy to your hard drive. That's what you do. It just change, just saves room. Right. But you can use it offline. That's oh, all I know you can download shit because he does it all the time. But like I said, I I just I just like it's it's like I don't really like reading ebooks. I like having a book in my hand. I like reading an actual newspaper. I just, it's that, I, that thing is a touch. 
you know, I was just, you have, it, it engages you, you know, more than uh, one sense. I was just going to say I, that. I, I, I was just going to say that, Tracy. I like the paper in my hand. I like to to snap it. You know what I mean? You got to snap right. it. Right. Yep. Yep. And turn around. I miss reading the CD artwork too. You're you're correct. I I agree with that. You're not wrong. Yeah, I like reading. I I mean, I like reading this. Like you said, the CD art. Remember the album liners. I miss doing that kind of stuff. The stuff that uh, like these people that I picked up. They were you know it was an older um, you know I don't know she was probably a millennial. But the other people, they, they were Zoomers, right? And they're like, I've never been in a taxi before. And I'm like, oh, there's a whole entire generation. Because um, these people were born, you know, completely in the 21st century. So there's stuff that they will never see or, or know about, you know, phone books. Well, now turntables because uh, the hipsters are bringing turntables back and buying them, which I am not mad at. I am I am exactly actually happy about that, but it's oh damn okay. Excuse me. <laughs> Maybe somebody needs some bromo. What's up with that? Um, <laughs> so I, you know, but I, I I miss these things. So okay, so has anybody? You know, you know, we don't have Scott anymore to recommend you know television and movie viewing. So, has anybody been watching a murder at the end of the world? I I haven't heard of it, Tracy. What what service Hulu. is that on? Oh, Hulu. Hulu. Uh huh. Okay. Man. And let's see. And also, for people who will actually watch something about black culture, Black Cake is amazing. Um, as a matter of fact, the last episode um, drops, I believe, Tuesday night or Wednesday. But amazing. It's set in, it spans from 1960s Jamaica to 1970s um, England and Scotland to 1970s Los, you know, Southern California and present-day Italy. Um, basically, it's about this woman who was, um, her mother was a, a black woman from Jamaica and her father was Chinese from, as also, and from Jamaica as well, and um, what she had to go through. It's just, every episode, I just, it is just so, so, so good. And the two actresses, the one that's playing the younger version and then the, the older version, you would have thought they were they were related. They look, they did such a damn good job getting those, you know, the, you know how, how much they look alike. Such a good movie. I mean, uh, uh, series. And then there's also is anybody wait, wait, Tracy. It? Quick question on that. So does it jump around in different time frames? You said you were talking yes. about sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And especially I like shows like that. Especially when it comes to um, the, the dynamics of being, you know, not only black but Chinese. And racism and being othered and just what you have to do to survive. It's, it's an, it's, it's, it is an engrossing, engrossing show. And then also. also That's on Hulu also? Yes. Okay. Um, now, um, uh, oh, 
Is anybody watching the new uh the new season of Fargo? Yes. Yes. <gasps> yes. 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 Excellent. Excellent so far. Really good. Oh my god. It's damn John- fucking good. John Ham? Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> oh. And then our girl Juno, I don't know her last name from Ted Juno Lasso Temple. Doing, Juno Temple. Thank you. Doing uh the uh Minnesota accent. <laughs> oh, it's terrific. Yeah, I'm enjoying oh. it so far. Yeah. Oh my. She is so versatile. I mean, she was awesome in Ted Lasso, just the sweetest human being that's ever drawn breath. And then she was amazing in The Offer and now Fargo. Yeah. What can't she play? Okay. And then there's also the fall of the House of Usher. See, I gotta I keep forgetting. I gotta watch I want to watch that. Dude, this oh this Oh my god, that uh, House of the Fall of Usher is really freaking good. Oh my god. Which platform? Which platform? Netflix. Um, Netflix. Okay, okay. It is, you're sitting there like, the oh, fuck, is this really happening? Oh, shit, that just happened. Well, well, God, it, it, you spent, I, I spent, you spent the entirety of the, uh, of the show going, what, what else? It's, it's, it's just, it's one of those shows where you, you're enjoying how horrible things are turning out for people because they're horrible people. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a, what is that, Schaden, Schadenfreude? Um, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. When you're, when you're enjoying watching horrible things happen to people. Mm-hmm. And we act like, you know, and people, <laughs> I'm not one of those people because I don't give a fuck. But when people say, oh, it's just how horrible, and you shouldn't wish bad things on people, why the fuck not? Yeah, I said it. Why the fuck not? Well, I mean, that's, that's, basic, <laughs> that's basically the, the principle behind the violence in the Godfather movies. The people, yeah. who, the people who get it deserve it. Deserved it. Every, every bit of it. I mean, even Sonny, even Sonny. Yeah, because he was a, oh, yeah, I mean, and and then. uh, Look what they've done to my Santino. Right, look what they did to my boy. Make him so his mother can bury him, we can have an open casket. But this, and watching, and then watching the the offer, and seeing the, what happened, what was behind. Yeah, oh no, I love that. But I've got, I've got to see, I've got to, I've got to watch Follow the House of Usher. Uh, I wanted to bring one thing up, because uh, there's only about 15 minutes left in the program, and this feels like kind of a big deal. By the way, thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy got us down to 50 bucks. 50 Woo! bucks finishes off uh, Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge and gets us started, gives us a running start here at the beginning of the month. So thank you, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Um and you know, ten at five, five at ten, two at twenty-five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we got fifteen minutes, fourteen, thirteen minutes to do that. And uh, the business about Scott Perry this week, you know, the 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 feedum carcass maggot from Pennsylvania. Uh, emails came were released. Uh, court filings were released uh, earlier this week, 
that included a discussion between Scott Perry and Jeffrey Clark, the indicted co-conspirator in Georgia, who uh, fancied himself attorney general material so that he could overturn the Constitution of the United States and make his orange god emperor president some more. Well, it turns out Scott Perry uh, engaged in conversation, direct conversations with Jeffrey Clark about getting him installed as attorney general and overturn, directly overturning the election. Uh-oh. There should be some heat on Scott Perry. And I and and I did read an article saying that in, you know, in that district in Pennsylvania, which is basically Harrisburg and part of York County. Uh that they're gearing up and they're absolutely the Republicans and the Democrats are actually working together to make sure that whoever uh wins in 24 in that district it is not Scott Perry, uh, which I found kind of interesting. But that level of conspiracy sure feels like it should be actionable. Did, did you mention in those texts, Robin, that Scott Perry told uh, whatever fucking face that God anointed you to do this job? I didn't mention that, but thank you for mentioning it. God anointed you. The people, the people that uh, they think is God. When did God become a job job placement service for all these people? Yeah, it's like yesterday when Micah was talking about the the pre uh, the preacher in m- the Michigan whose son got busted for kitty porn. Of course, uh, that would be child sex trafficking groomer. Um. Yeah, he once asked his congregation to provide him $79,000 to paint the Lord's private jet. And yesterday, Steve said, uh, paraphrasing Star Trek, what does God need with with a private jet? Oh, and and we do have, we've got another, uh, we've got another perv sighting. This one from the University of Alabama. Where once I studied, I'm not kidding, he is an associate professor at the university teaching literature, and his name is Jimmy Crank. Oh, Matt, don't know if you're there, but Jimmy Crank. Charged with two counts of possession of obscene material containing visual depictions of persons under the age of 17 involved in obscene acts. Well, we just had a pediatrician out here to plead guilty. I forget where, but it was somewhere in, I don't know if it was L.A. or uh, Orange County, but it was definitely Southern California. And, yeah, a pediatrician who had, like, I don't know, 600 images or some sick shit like that of children under the age of 12 um, forming. And it's like, and this is a fucking pediatrician. Oh, so Robin, I I have a a quick story to tell you about a customer that I, a passenger that I had. I don't know how, I got to start recording 
like these conversations that I have with people. Picked up this guy from Canada, Ottawa, and having a nice conversation, um, and you know, talking about rights and stuff. And then I mentioned um, transgender. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know about the transgenders, you know, because with them telling stories, they're trying to push the transgender <sighs> agenda. He picked the wrong person to say that to, did he not? Did he say agenda for for real? Yes, yes. He was. Oh, my God. Was, yeah, so, yeah, because, because everybody knows that you cannot be illiterate and trans. So the first step is making sure kids are literate. And then we trans them. Right, right, right. Before we go any further in this conversation, can I get a big fuck you to Lauren Bobart for saying something ignorant earlier that Robin mentioned that we know there's only two sexes? No shit, motherfucker. No one said there's a third. Two genders. Two genders. Yeah, she said we know there's only two genders, meaning that trans people are somewhere in between. There's only two genders you pick from, not a third. Can I ask, can Tracy and Robin, can you please ixnay on the trans agenda, A? Hello? <laughs> you got straight people in here. We're listening. Hello? I'm going to tell on you. Stop shoving it down our throats. <laughs> you know, this is, this is what happened. So I said to him, I said, so tell me what the transgender agenda is, because I need to know. I said, <laughs> because he's like, well... He's like, well, so I said, no, I don't well be, sir. I just, I need to know because if there is a transgender agenda, I need to let my girl know. So please tell me what the transgender <laughs> agenda is. And he could, I said, well, let me just say something about transgender people. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I'm sorry. Drag queens. I'm sorry. It was, we talked about, and so we went from transgender to Wait, what? drag queens. Right, right, right. So this, and I said, so he's like the drag queen agenda, and I said, well, first of all, transgender and drag queen is not the same thing. Let's right. let's get that. Let, let's let's and I don't have the time to go into all the. I said, okay, so transgender people are. People I think that's who, chapter three in the in the agenda. In the agenda, believe. In the agenda book, right, right, because it, yeah. So I said, first of all. Uh, transgender people are people who are, they do not, they are not uh, who they feel like they, the sex that they are, or gender that they are assigned at birth, that is not who they are, and blah, blah, blah. I said drag queens are men who, usually gay, are gay men who dress as women, and they're performers. They're performing. They're doing, you know, they're just, they're entertaining. They're not, and so he's like such and such, and I said, Okay, and I'm saying, and then I said, and I need you to listen to me very carefully, sir. Um, what's the? Th I said, so when you hire, I said, how many birthday parties have you been to, and there was a clown performing in front of children, with full makeup and all that, right? He's like, oh, a lot. I said, so when the clowns are performing, are they trying to push off the clown agenda on the children? Oh, girl. What? That's what? just what? perfect. Right. No, that's and, that. and I said because they they they're wearing makeup, they're entertaining children. So, not, and not to say that you know tra uh, um, drama uh, drama queens, but drag queens are the same. They are not the same, but they are entertainers who wear makeup, who want to. And I said so. The, what's so terrible 
about drag queens reading to kids because let's face it, it's not like reading is a fun thing to do. They're saying, I'm gonna make it so much, I'm gonna make reading fun and exciting. And I, I want you to do it, excuse me, I want you to do it too. There's no agenda other than education and entertainment. That's all it is, boo-boo. And so books when I said can be fun, yeah. You know, books can be fun. And when I said, you know, are, is the art so is are they are we now include, including um, uh, accusing clowns of pushing the clown agenda on children? <laughs> Watch out, DeSantis will make those illegal too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But when I said it, I just because I, I don't yell at people because it doesn't do any good. I I mm-hmm. and I said I told him I said if anybody should. Be, because then I started doing the thing, that thing called data and information. I said, okay, let's just, let's just pretend. And I said, when was the last time you heard of a drag queen being accused of molesting a child? And he got real quiet. I said, so when was the last time you heard about a heterosexual man molesting a child? Christian youth pastor. Mm-hmm. There was a clown named John Wayne Gacy one time. Okay, I said fucking, and I, look, and, you know, that's I what I was gonna bring up. I, and I, then I brought <laughs> sorry, up the Emilio. Fucking, <laughs> no, no, I, and I, then I brought up the fucking creepiness. I said, look, clown, clowns are fucking creepy. Okay, I haven't been right about clowns ever since it. And then, I knew you were going to now. it. I knew Those you were going to it. I knew it. You know, I knew it. Bozo yeah. cookie, the bozo and cookie agenda. <laughs> the bozo, the cookie agenda, and the and and the and the bazooka and the and the gum or what have you. I mean, <laughs> even Mc, even McDonald's has pretty much abandoned Ronald. Right. Yeah, right. you don't see Ronald anymore. Look, not only and all his minions. And then my, our girl Bernadette brought up. Because we were talking about the clowns, and I said, ever since it, because I read the fucking book, and I ain't been right, and this was in the 80s. And I ain't, yeah, been, I ain't right been right since. since. <laughs> but then she brought up Spawn and John Leguizamo's character in Spawn. Oh, you talk about some scary, that's, I think John Leguizamo in Spawn was scarier. Well, he was definitely scarier than Tim Curry in it, but he wasn't scarier than that the the the, the sweet or the Scandinavian guy in the latest you are, of it. Oh, oh my God, you are totally on with that hundred percent, Tracy. The clown was ten times scarier than Satan was. Ten times oh, scarier. I rather man fuck clowns. And I told him, I said I would rather I would feel more safer if I was having a child a, a child party or what have you. I would feel safer with my children. With a, tr- a, a a gay a, a a drag queen long before I fucking wanted to have a clown around my kids, okay? Clowns are fucking creepy, and they're miserable individuals. Have you ever seen a happy clown? Cause they, well, okay, let's just see. Every movie or TV show when there's a clown murdered or something, they were they were not happy people. And remember a few years ago. Um, that these pe- those these wackadoodles that were dressing up like clowns and just scaring people randomly. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Really? Where was that? It was all over at some point. It, it was, was a thing. Different. Pro- it was a thing. They did the Tide Pod yeah. challenge and then they put on clown clown drag and scared people. 
didn't weren't people like dressing up clowns and like showing going to houses that had like uh, security cameras and and just uh, and just kind of wandering around their yards and appearing on yeah the it was cre- it was creepy af hey y'all I, uh, y'all uh, hold on hold on this is, hold on this is going to have to continue on the back porch because we've reached the end of the program thank you kevin in massachusetts thank you so much my friend we are down to only 20 bucks to go to finish off Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge to begin the month of December. Thank you so, so much. And thanks uh, thanks to everybody who responds to the challenge with 20 bucks, just 20 bucks. Hopefully that'll happen in fairly short order. But I, I do have to get out of here. i got to get the uh, podcast up. And, uh, well, back for... Back for more in Monday, and I bet I bet I bet we'll have a bumper crop. But seriously, the back porch will continue after the program goes off the air. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors, our challenge makers. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program, in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger Earlier. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head-on.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Uh, could it be? Hold on. And uh, thank you, Ralphs, for following through on uh, your part of the challenge. Thank you. Remember, please leave, uh, uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Like each episode, it helps, and leave a comment. It helps the program be more visible or, you know, on podcasting platforms. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot, wear your mask when you're around groups of five or more, especially if they're maggots. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance to the best of your ability. And uh, if Dave Chappelle comes toward you down the uh, down the sidewalk, that, that genius Lauren Boebert tricked me. Well, avoid old Dave like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.